You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 12, Vanguard, Issues 4, 5, and 6. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast. Your ugly Superman. I'm Raven Perez. I'm Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And you're listening to a Savage Fincast Retro, where we take a look back at the past. Past Savage Dragon issues, spinoffs, one-shots, various Savage Dragon-related issues that we have... uh, Passed by in the night, but we're taking a glance back and we're getting a gold from them thar hills. I don't know where I'm going with that, Jim. Your metaphor broke down. Save me, Jim. What's this (laughs) show about? This this specific (laughs) show, we're going to be talking about Vanguard issues four, five, and six. After last time, we of course talked about Vanguard issues one, two, and three. Beautiful. uh, Which will wrap up the first series. We'll wrap up the first series of Vanguard. at which point after that, there are a couple more Vanguard things to cover, but uh, they'll be that further down the line. So, Sweet. just to get right into it, uh, Vanguard issue number four, which is uh, was published February 1984. Co-creator, editor Eric Larson, co-creator, writer Gary Carlson, penciler Rick uh, Lenardi, inker Jimmy... Uh, I can never pronounce it. His name. He's important. He's I know important. he is. Yes. Pa- you said Palmiotti? Palmiotti. That's how it. Jimmy Palmiotti. Palmiotti. Uh, letter, letter Chris Iliopoulos. Color, 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 color. <laughs> Colorist <laughs> Reben Rude. And then the backup is a Berserker backup by writer Gary Carlson, uh, penciler Angel Medina. Uh, Medina. 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 Uh, Inker Funky Bill Cold. Ant- Inker Bill Anderson, color, color, oh, Jim, colorist no. Antonio Cole, uh, bicycle built, bicycle seat sniffing sicko Josh Icorn. <laughs> it's very difficult to pronounce color, color, colorist. Is it? it is. <laughs> Why don't you say colorist? Colorist. 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 I love you, Jim, but you always bit butcher artists' names. Oh, yeah. Always. It's their fault for having so many vowels in them. Uh, uh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, Jimmy Pel- Palmiotti <laughs> is a big name in comics, yeah. even to yeah. this very mm-hmm. day. To this yeah. very day, mover shaker. He is, uh, he's been a long-time anchor, sometimes writer. He's done a shit ton of shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Cohort of Amanda Connor. Yep, I think aren't they married? Well, I didn't want to put a ring on it, but okay. I'm, I'm actually not sure. I thought they might be, but 
It's one of those things where they both still rep their original names, they Palmiotti do. and uh, Connor. So I don't know, but I mean, I'm I'm sure I think they are together. Yeah. And, and then uh, there was another guy in there, but uh, I forget his gray something gray. I should have done more research before I started. But uh, at any rate, it's kind of cool just to see him inking. Uh, I don't really know this uh, Rick. Lenardi guy, although he did do a quite an impressive run on Spider-Man 2099. He did, he did, he did the first 25 issues there with uh, uh, Peter David. and that's You don't know Rick Leonardi? Not really. Oh. Well, it wasn't ringing a bell for me either, although really? I've, I've, I feel like I've heard the name. So Listen, why don't guys, you educate us? Well, I mean, he's mostly known for... Uh, I, th- I feel like most people know him for Spider-Man 2099. Okay. But uh, also Cloak and Dagger. Okay. Um, I feel like X-Men. He's done some Hulk. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, really? I'm, I don't, I'm not on many artists' fan pages, but mm-hmm. I'm on his. Um, so still active to I this day. Yeah, I don't know what he's done recently. Honestly, I haven't collected... Because he still does a lot of like, like uh, big two superhero stuff. I don't mm-hmm. collect a lot um, of that, but his stuff it doesn't shine as much on this Vanguard issue. I feel like, All right? But his stuff is incredible. If you you know any anyone has the the chance to look at some of his you know do a Google for Rick Leonardi and look at his layouts and stuff, they're amazing. They really are. I was telling Jim before we started, um, I don't know Rick Leonardi, but I actually think even in this issue, he outshines Joe Mad. Like, he's got chops. Yeah, no, he's got more than chops, I'm telling you guys. I'm sure his listeners out there know who he is. I know, they're um, probably laughing their ass uh, off. Yeah, I'm going to, after this is done, I'll send you some pictures. I know, I know, like, whenever we're talking like this, like, I feel ignorant. I'll just say within the context of these Vanguard issues, um, I don't know, last episode I re- mentioned it briefly, but that, like, for some reason, issue one, four, and five didn't, they weren't cemented in my mind for whatever reason, even though the others were firmly cemented in my mind. But as I read these now, and, like, reading them today, like, even though this felt, like, fresh 100%, uh, I rate this very highly. I put this over Joe Mad's performance. I, yeah. I think I think he delivered uh, more solid work than Joe. I mean, you guys, I, mean, I don't know if you know, Cloak and Dagger, like the original series, I mean, that first issue cover is ingrained in my head. That's all Leonardi. But, but yeah, he, he is masterful, honestly. I, and this is some of his earlier stuff, but he... Oh, it is, no, this would not be his earlier stuff. At this point, Cloak no. and Dagger came out in 85. Okay, all right, then I'm wrong about that. And uh, I want to say Spider-Man 2099 would have started... Oh, yeah, 1999. 1992, so he's just coming off uh, Spider-Man 2099 at this point. That's uh, true, yeah, because I, I collected 2099. Cloak and Dagger was a little before my time collecting. So, Craig, you got to me. I couldn't hold off any longer. Listeners, I recommend you do the same. You should Google Rick Leonardi, and you should take a look at his art. You know, we're failing to mention is that this guy is the iconic Spider-Man 2099 artist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did, like, the whole run in the beginning, or at least 20-something yeah. issues. Yeah, the first 25. And I, I <clears throat> always thought 
Spider-Man 2099 had like fucking artistic chops from hell. Even though I wasn't reading that book, that was just a good, I never saw a bad Spider-Man 29, uh, 2099, like pinup page, whatever. And as I scroll down this like stuff, uh, yeah, this guy is solid as a fucking rock. Um, looks like he did a ton of stuff. I recognize like, uh, yeah, obviously cloak and dagger. If he designed those, that's iconic design work. Yeah, he may have. I, I don't know. If that was the first I mean, series, it's likely. Cloak and Dagger is like iconic comic design. Um, but even Spider-Man 29, which he likely played a hand in designing, that's iconic design. Um, this guy is awesome. This is really good work. And Craig, Philly Philly resident. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you might be going down to the old Wanamaker, and there's going to be Rick. <laughs> Hey, why don't we go up to the Poconos? Yeah, he's one of those guys you would have expected to do more. I don't know, you know, what what's the deal with that. But. Looking at his Wikipedia, he has done a shit ton. Yeah. So, I mean, while while we might not be... Yeah, I feel like a total moron for what I was saying. Shit yeah, his, ton, but no long runs, I feel like, on stuff. Yeah, as long as run is a Spider-Man run. Everything else is yeah. relatively short. You're accurate. I'm looking at his Wikipedia. He is, like, spotty. He's, like, oh, all over the map. No, he did not create Cloak and Dagger. Uh, they were introduced in a Spider-Man issue in 82. Gotcha. But, you I mean, what's funny is he's he's on, a, like, a lot of stuff. Like, you know, 90s people, like Painkiller Jane. Like, you know, 1 through 5. Yeah. Like, he's there for, like, Spider-Man 2099, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's there defining some looks of some fairly iconic-looking characters and stuff. I think yeah. it's cool. I think it's no, neat. It, it's just funny, you know, before we were recording earlier today, we were talking about how, like, oh, it's a, you, you're amazed that some people don't know some artist to, to you is, like, one of the biggest things or, like, I don't know, you know. So it's funny to hear that you guys don't really know him besides this Vanguard stuff because to me, like I said, I'm not on many, like, fan pages on Facebook, but he's one of the artists because he's. I just think he's great. Yeah, he's really good. He's really solid. He's got that kind of traditional comic art look. Apparently he also drew the uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch series, of which the upcoming TV series will be heavily based upon. So. Oh, no kidding. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. That right, was so highly shall, praised. Cool. Shall we start talking about the issue itself? Yeah, this issue is good. Um, I really like the action. I love the, like I said, Rick Leonardi like, fucking nails it. Uh, I think there's some cool, like, visuals going in here. The coloring <clears throat> has finally calmed the fuck down. It doesn't look like a like, Technicolor nightmare. Like, this coloring, <laughs> I think, holds up, like, to this day. Like, I think this is, like, solid coloring. And uh, the plot is good, too. Like, I know, Jim, you always do, like, sort of the, like, blow-by-blow. Yeah, this, this, one co- this one comes off the end of the last issue. Dragon's still kicking around. But Wally's come in, attacked Vanguard. Uh, but uh, they... And then Vanguard and Wally teleport back. Oh, Wally kidnaps Roxanne, and then so Vanguard goes back to his ship, only to find that uh, Roxanne has been put into this uh, murder room. murder room, and he has to figure out who the real one is. So he goes through all of that, finds her. Turns out, Modem, who was introduced in issue two, has taken over the ship because she's pissed at Wally because she messed up the teleportation uh, experiment she was doing. Although so, why, I don't know. There's really, like, doesn't really what? seem like she'd have a lot of reason she to be mad. She seems to just be kind of, un- seems to be kind of unbalanced. 
the whatever experiment did to her it made her more aggressive. But why well, are you also... wondering why she's mad? It changed her. Yeah. Well, they, they the thing is, is that like, so she's kind of like, oh, the alien that tried to kill me. Right. So they they're kind of treating it like a misunderstanding. But I mean, it's like, geez, Louise, dudes. I mean, you like got like you became a superhero. Like you look beautiful. You have powers. Like, what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? I think she's just slightly unhinged. Yeah. Mm. I don't think it was she... a crazy experience. I'm sure. But uh, in the end, she gets dealt with, and actually, this issue ends the cleanest. I don't think there's anything that like goes into the next issue it's very one and done indeed yeah uh i want to say the one thing that kind of maybe you're going to talk about this is it this issue where is this the last issue where dragon appears oh uh, yes yeah, so this is the last issue of the dragon appears. oh the one thing that does go into the next issue is the backup there's a whole backup oh, story here that goes into the issue issue five is this the one where he gives Dragon Lurch at the end? Yes, he does. Basically what happens is, Wally shows up, shoots Vanguard, Dragon intervenes, they manage to... Uh, Wally infects Lurch to become basically a xenomorph, and the cops all gun him down. So, Dragon gets his hand on Wally, uh, but Wally teleports away, and then kidnaps Ro- Roxanne, and then uh, before Vanguard leaves, he tosses... Uh, he doesn't have time to pick up Lurch, so he tosses... Uh, Dragon the remote for Lurch. And that's how Dragon gets his hands on Lurch. Here's a control disc. He will do what you tell him to do. So that will play a a major plot point in the ongoing series. Yes. Which will be cool. And then the other thing I thought was kind of cool is that the... um, uh, Let me see. Sorry. The, The Morphling's... Mm-hmm. They look kind of like the aliens from a- the movie Alien, but at the same time, they also look like the uh, Tyrus Combine aliens that you see show up in Savage Dragon many years later. Do they? Kind cool. of. I kind of forgot I what they look like. like. I I thought they were just kind of going for a Wally knows television shows thing. Yeah, well, I think so, but I think at the same time, they kind of look like those aliens that show up when they actually invade, and those aliens kind of look like xenomorph-type aliens. So, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if, who you know, if Eric was basing on that, but I don't think... I think those aliens show up, and I want to say Nikos first makes them show up in a backup, so he kind of sets the tone. So I don't know if he looked at old issues. So I'm probably confusing the listener right now, but... I think it was around issue 175 or something. The Tyrus Combine, which are the aliens that Vanguard's sent to Earth to protect, uh, protect from the Tyrus Combine. They show up in a backup in 175, I want to say. Possibly. I, and it's not Eric that draws them for the first time. It's Nikos, and they look like this alien on here. So I thoroughly confused everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, let's move on. But um, no, I get it. One thing though, we do get a lot. We do get a good, well, not a good chunk, but we get some Vanguard backstory, which we hadn't yeah. gotten before. We basically through this um, simulation room, we get introduced to his sister, mm-hmm. uh, one of his old flames, who end up marrying his brother, Kazi, his sister Luma, his old flame, and uh, his commanding officer, uh, General Thaka. 
Yeah. yeah. So we're basically introduced to a bunch of concepts. Basically, Vanguard is family and friends far away in that, you know, he has history. We're basically, we, we are told that, uh, what's his name? Luma married his brother and he's still not, he's kind of upset about that. And, right. uh, yeah, and Kazi's his sister and I think we meet her way, way in the future as part of the uh, the Vanguard backup that happened in the 2000s. It is a cool way to do some world building where you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. Um, I and we will see some of these characters down the line, too, uh, in the backups of Savage Dragon, which is cool. You know, I'm suddenly noticing something I never really noticed before. Clifton chicks are kind of hot. Well, there's that. <laughs> but Vanguard only has four fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that Definitely. is consistent. Yep. yep. I never noticed that. Huh. Well, there you go. Learn something new about something old every day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This issue looks pretty good. I like the art on this issue a lot. Yeah, I think it holds up. I think, again, yeah. again, I think it is very, it's similar enough to Pearson and Joe Mad that it's, it's a, it, co- it, it, it coheres. It makes, yeah. you know, it isn't dramatically different. I feel like Leonardi falls more into, like, the Walt Simonson type camp, which I like. And I feel like you see some of that influence in here. It's funny because um, this doesn't really have a lot of uh, what you would think of in terms of, like, 90s extreme comic stuff going on. Right. So, right. as a result, this is a much more modern feeling it's it's weird because you know obviously Leonardi's like kind of like a more traditional base, but because there's not a lot of '90s extreme stuff, this feels very modern. Um, like yeah. I said, this could have been published like in the two like year, you know, 2010 or 2018, and it yeah. wouldn't have looked that different. So well, it, it makes sense. Cool. Like we're we're saying, you know, some of, like his cloak and dagger was '85, so he's probably growing up on the masters, whereas some of these like. Tom Coker, 21-year-olds are growing up on newer stuff or something. You know what I mean? Right. And um, I think this letters column is notable for having three letters from Augie. <laughs> like, they published... Is there three in here? Oh, yeah, crap. there's three letters from Augie DeBlick, uh, legendary letter hack. So, and it's funny because each one's different. And, uh, yeah, it, it, this, this is the one where I mistakenly... I said, oh, but, like, he's talking about, like, how uh, Wizard is talking shit about how Vanguard looks. There was one one letter that asked if uh, uh, Keith Giffen would draw an issue, and he says, it isn't out of, Eric says, it isn't out of the question, man. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Probably should mention how Modem gets defeated. She gets, she infects the ship, and then they basically shove her into a satellite and then blow the satellite up, which basically dissipates her, like, electrical single signal into space. So she's, like, disembodied now, which has really got to suck. Yeah, yeah, she's just a signal with no receiver. And again, we'll see her down the line eventually. Yeah. And we get this Berserker back up. Now, Berserker was another Gary Carlson creation from all the way back during the Megaton era. Right? Yeah. And cool visual. In fact, he's Very appeared much. recently in issues of Big Bang Adventures, that new Gary mm-hmm. Carlson series. Yeah. 
Um, so it is kind of interesting to see him here because he's, he's got kind of an OMAC thing going on. Big time. Yeah. Very, <laughs> yeah. very big OMAC. The Mohawk. With the Mohawk and the future and the cyber tech stuff. Well, his um, original name was Terminator before the Terminator movie came out. Really? Oh, no, dude. Yeah. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> it's almost the same kind of concept in a way. It is. Uh, there's actually a line, I think, in the next issue where they say, oh, he's come back from a future where machines control everything, and they send a machine back. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God damn, that's Terminator, dude. Yeah. But it's yeah. crazy because this predates Terminator. Yeah. Now, the art on this I really like. Angel oh, yeah. Medina's Angel Medina. He's got Medina's shots. very good, especially this, this first page with the Berserker and, you know, just so much detail on him. He's definitely got a style I can dig. Angel Medina is one of those. Didn't he do Spawn? He was Spawn, right? Yeah, he did a long, decent run on uh, Warlock and the Infinity Watch, which I collected when it came out out of Marvel. It was like right after the Infinity War and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. uh, Warlock got his own team with like Pip the Troll and Gamora and uh, those guys. Um, and I liked it. I dug it. And then uh, it was cool to 24 see. Twenty four issues of Kiss Psycho thing. Circus. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say I actually associate him with that Kiss Psycho Circus, <laughs> no, even though I never me, read it. <laughs> yeah, for me it's Warlock. He was like the artist on that, and I think he was on it for quite a bit, maybe the whole run. But I, I think his art is uh, really solid. I mean, it's just solid as hell. This yeah. again, if this was sold last week, it would still work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, what is this? Did he? I know we're not doing page by page, but I just gotta say the sequence where fucking berserkers just brutalizing those dudes, like decapitating that guy with a punch, and then running yeah. his hand through that other guy's heart, kicking that dude's jaw off. God damn, that shit's good. <laughs> so yeah. apparently. There was a Berserker series from Gauntlet mm-hmm. Comics mm-hmm. in 93 that Mendia drew with Carlson. Medina. Oh, Medina, oh, yeah. sorry, yeah. And uh, Well, it looks like there's a bunch of different people in the book, but it definitely looks like it's his art on the cover. So mm-hmm. he's done, I, th- I get the impression he may have done Berserker before, which is why he's doing it now. Which makes me wonder if maybe he co-created him. But I'm still doing Probably. research on that. Well... Rock solid went, backup. Oh yeah, he, just, he he goes all the way back to Megaton. He's in issue three, five, and eight, so it's entirely yeah, yeah, probable. Absolutely. Sorry, I thought that was known. Oh yeah. no, I didn't know. Me either. Say it for the listener. Just make it official. Angel Medina <laughs> is one of those like Megaton guys. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Larson awesome. and Liefeld and Carlson and. God damn, what a legendary legendary. That's all I'm saying. There's actually a cool old art uh, ad. For Megaton, drawn by Eric Larson, that's got, I've got to say, Berserker on it by Larson. It actually does not look as cool as Medina's, but um, it's it's decent. No, it's not really decent. It's not that good, but it's Larson, <laughs> so it's kind of cool. <laughs> so plot-wise, what do we got here, Jim? Basically, it's, it's real simple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some time travelers from the present have come to his doom future. Get caught up in his business. Uh, Berserker ends up trying to defend the time traveler from another time traveler who has decided to be gone mad with power. Surrounded himself with a bunch of cyberized mooks. 
So Berserker kicks all their asses, but the time traveler who's protecting gets shot. Uh, both him and the time traveler end up in the time pod, and they head back to the present, and at the end, uh, the other time traveler vows that he's going to reinvent time travel and get back and make him pay. Yeah. Interesting yeah, though, basic... Interestingly, he says at the end, he'll find a way back if it takes the rest of his life, and he'll get there first. Which uh, does, doesn't happen in the next issue, spoiler alert. <laughs> nah, he tried that. So, they're chrononauts or whatever, and the guy that went first, like the, the government, whatever, sent them out, the guy that went first... Right. He got stranded. Became some kind of warlord, right? Right. Is that it? Something like that, yeah. He either got stranded and, or he chose to stay. And the second guy is a good guy, or, and the warlord's attacking him. Yeah, to get his time pod. Or to make sure he and I don't know. It doesn't really talk about Berserker's origin, right? Or no. what he's there. No, he, for. he is just j- protecting the guy. Yeah, he's just there. And it's 250 years in the future. Indeed. Yes. 1994. I'm not reading this at. <laughs> I thought this was just a backup story. Like, I didn't think it had anything to do with Vanguard. And, and it totally does. I mean, totally in, in a way, you could <laughs> if you read this without knowing anything about the next issue, yeah, you could totally read it. Oh, it's Gary Carlson doing a Gary Carlson character. Yeah. But no, it ties directly into the next issue. But before, Which is cool. But before that, we got ads for Codename Strike Force takes on Jim Lee Stormwatch. So we got... Does every Sylvester, you know, and Jim Lee team have to, like, team up or have a crossover? <laughs> They're all very. It's going to say they're all X Men, so yes, but no. If you're a striker and you have three metal arms on one side and one regular arm on the other side, are you always like falling over? I, it's my question. I, I I don't know. It must really suck. I mean, <laughs> I gotta ask you, dudes. Like, did you think that was cool or not? Because I fucking <laughs> thought it was awesome. Really? The asymmetrical? I, I have to say, of all the image character, um, the the founders, I found Cyberforce the least interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though Silvestri is probably the best artist of them all, yeah. I felt like his concepts and designs were just not interesting to me at all. But is it awesome to have three metal arms? Yes, on it is side? awesome. It would be more be, awesome if he had six. I mean, the asymmetrical is what makes it cool. Is it? Does it? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It is. Go the whole way. Cut his other arm off. Have it be a stump. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a choice. When you've got the ability to give yourself fake arms and you just choose to leave the one arm a stump, that's pretty good, actually. I I love this world where, like, in comics where there's all these guys, like, guys got, like, you know, four arms and three of them have, like, Guns, this lady's yeah. shooting like flames out of her hands. It's just fucking giant muscular dude. And there's always the archer. Always the, the arrow guy. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have that arrow guy. Uh, and he's know, got robotic like I think we don't we don't appreciate it enough, but there was never an arrow guy in Savage Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. there never was. And I think Eric has gone on record before to say guys like Green Arrow just don't appeal to him because they don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> It's strange, huh? Like, I feel like this should have been at least the bad guy. Knights and archers are not his thing. Or cowboys. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just think that, like, it's one of those... It's funny because, like, nothing could look more 90s 
and then fucking there's the arrow guy, which you gotta think that arrow guy wouldn't exist without Shaft. Well, well, Shaft doesn't exist without Hawkeye. Hawkeye, and Hawkeye doesn't exist without Green Arrow. It all goes back to him. No, 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 but I mean, like, in terms of, like, so it's the 90s, and you're making your, you know, super team for Image or whatever else. Why did he put this Arrow dude on this team? Because, because fucking Shaft was the fucking leader of Youngblood. Uh, Isn't that weird? I would to say... To make your Arrow guy the leader? More of a case. Liefeld was ape in the Avengers, so you have an Arrow guy. And yeah, then, but Hawkeye's not the leader. You see yeah, what I'm but saying? That, that, that's Liefeld's twist that makes it original. Shaft was like fucking the leader. He was like cool. Like if Captain Shaft America was used never cool. Shaft is so cool. Dude, you're telling me Invincible when it's the Invincible War and Shaft's barking out orders like he's the fucking hot dog. That's not cool? No. <sighs> no. I guess you hate this guy's neck veins too. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> God damn it. What is this podcast? <laughs> I don't understand. See, neck veins not so good. I kind of like the tendons in the uh, four and the three arm guy. I think that the dude with the like max claws was like a rip off of the max. Could be, because otherwise, like or Baraka from ah uh, no that that's see if you can't if you're gonna ape Wolverine you can't just give him three claws because that'd be obvious. So you got to do dumb shit like that. One big claw. One big claw. Fingertip claws, two claws, serrated claws, you know, that shit. How many image guy heroes had claws? A lot, dude. <laughs> okay. I think, I think, right, we, I think we've been tearing ad. them down enough. <laughs> the very next ad is Freak Force in black and white. And I got to tell you guys, don't you kind of like how this looks in black and white? I do. Yeah. Yes. I do, too. Freak Force number four for the listener. Vanguard, Freak Force, Evil Twins. Well, last time we we talked heavily about inks and how important they are, and I think this is a good illustration of why. Yeah. 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 Even the I love all the... Go ahead. Even the black and white spawn ad right next to it is also very cool in black and white in this case. Way better than the last previous episode's previous issue, one with, what's his name? Malmolgia. (laughs) <laughs> I like how you even say it, like, in the cartoon or whatever. Mal bullshit. <laughs> so bad. Nah, this uh, ad is cool for Spawn 21. It's just Spawn uh, looming over a cityscape. And very effective. Very cool. Very nice. And then, all oh, bros, let me tell you. I'm sorry, this back cover. So one of the Finheads added me to a Stephen Platt appreciation group. <laughs> and so what the, what you have is you have Prophet, Rob Liefeld's character Prophet. Yes. And then you have uh Stephen Platt's rendering of Prophet. So what a great chance for me cuz I know there's finheads that'll appreciate it because a finhead added me to a fucking Stephen Platt art appreciation group. What a great time to talk about Stephen Platt. Man, Jim, first off, I know you hate him. There's goddamn veins everywhere. Well, the funny thing is, I, I do hate it, but mm-hmm. I can appreciate how much anime influence he's got going. He's got a fucking Gundam character here at the bottom, and like yes, dude. all the all the fucking tubes coming out of everybody, like out of Appleseed. Yes, the dude. The Dave Johnson way. Can I, So here's what I want to say. Can I make a, a case for Stephen Platt? If you're a Stephen Platt hater, check it out. To me, two things. I want to say that this man, this artist, was the culmination of... He was what the extreme art style was going for. Right. Yeah. 
Well, he stepped it up, I feel like. Yes. he. St- it's funny. He had all that stuff that Extreme Art had, like just wacky fucking guns and like a million pouches and a zillion tubes and just absurd character design. Veins, gritting teeth, like a billion jillion muscles. Ve- yeah. Like just fucking gritty, awesome, cross-hatching every goddamn way. Many, many but crotch lines. Technically proficient. Yes. There's a there's an underlying technical proficiency. You don't see weird anatomy. I will say pro- don't... Prophet looks very big, though. And I don't well, he's exaggerated, he's... but it's not wonky. And right. there's a difference. I remember when, when he came out, people were fawning all over this shit. Fuck yeah, dude. It. Hey, it's still... What's funny is, this shit still has... As I'm going to tell you, get ready, listener. I'm going to make sure that you are aware <laughs> that this Stephen Platt style still has modern appeal. Ever heard of a little franchise called Gears of War? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm just saying, people love that super roided out, a million pounds of guns and fucking ammo clips all over you look. Yeah. Gears of War proves it. And I think that, like, Stephen Platt is a fucking legend, a beast. Now, the sad thing about being added to that group <laughs> They, so the, I got out of this group, and I'm, like, seeing all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, shit, Stephen Plow, yeah. Because I'm seeing a bunch of art I've never seen, but I notice it's all from the early, like, 90s era or whatever, right? Yeah. Apparently, at least the consensus was in this little group I was a part of, apparently Platt starts to, like, fall down a rabbit hole where he's trying to, like, tame his shit down a lot. Mm. And he loses a lot of his edge. He like he gets it like a lot more like technical and a lot more restrained, a lot less crazy over the top shit. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of his modern work. Oh man, nothing, dude. This is, doesn't hold up. Is the same. It's not the same. So I'm just saying. Here's what's crazy: is here's a guy who came out of the gate like a goddamn demon, like a dragon demon from hell. It looked incredible. Like when he hit, you talk about like. Like, Craig, you were talking the last Vanguard review retrocast about McFarlane hitting and making a big splash. Yeah. Dude, when Platt Yeah, I hit, know, I remember, yeah. People lost Prof- their goddamn minds. He put profit on the map. Yes. If I'm seeing yeah. recent stuff on Google search, like I think I am, I think yeah. you're fucking crazy, dude. I think his current <sighs> stuff looks pretty good. It's not bad. No one said it was bad. I'm saying it lost that edge. Like, that put him... Yeah. Made him stand out. Or... It, it, exactly. Like, the thing is, and it can happen to artists, like, you can become more technical and lose, like, what makes you, you. You know what I mean? So, no, dude. I'm not saying his... Please, listeners, please. I am not saying that his modern art is bad. Not even close. But I'm just saying that I feel like that shit right here like this back cover of this vanguard issue i think that is fucking just balls out more intense did we talk about this back cover more than we talked about we did (laughs) just kidding we did welcome to the splat cast (laughs) welcome to the steven welcome to the steven platt cast i'm raven Nah, it's good. Uh, that's a moving on, moving on. Vanguard number five, coming down the pipes, coming at you. Uh, published April ninety four. Uh, again, Larson Carlson, and again we get Angel Medina, 
who did the backup in the last issue, so he'll be continuing right through this. Uh, you got inkers Jim Sinclair, uh, Mike Miller, mm-hmm. letterer Chris Iliopoulos, uh, colorless Reben Rude, Antonia Cole, right. Chech brother who dances well in tight slacks, Josh Icorn, <laughs> and uh, that's yeah separations by Olympics. So, anyone else notice that the page quality on this issue dropped? Yeah, it's the flat, it, like the it's not glossy. It is glossy, but it's not glossy, glossy. It's like one step up above like non-glossy. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's like eggshell. Yeah, it's funny. It makes you miss your. It makes you miss your glossy image paper, doesn't it? it kind of does. Yes. Yeah. That's what I said of that last time. We did, dude. We did a review, and I was like, you know what? There's that whole movement of people that are just like, fuck it, put it on newsprint. Who cares? And I'm like, dude, when you're reading this shit, like 20 years later, you'll yeah. care. Well, I mean, you'll care. This holds up. It hasn't like yellowed or anything. Like I said, it is slightly gloss. It's just not super gloss. It's got like a. It's got like a. Kind of a rough texture. Mm-mm. It's not smooth. No es bueno. But right off the bat, we get the first uh, Roxanne looking weird uh, case, where she just does Did not look like the Roxanne the last three issues. Dude, they've looked weird. Every Roxanne has been different. Like, every Roxanne been a little weird. That's the downfall of the series, really. I yeah. just, I don't get the, put a different artist on every issue. It didn't. It didn't end up being the best call, just because of the visual. Like you literally, somebody might not realize that this is the same Roxanne that you know. I did. I, I, I did not right away. Yeah, she looks old. She looks and Roxanne way older younger. and frumpier. Yeah. Frumpier. Of course, she's in front of a camera, so maybe she's got to dress up. But I don't know. But uh, Berserker looks really good, though. Fucking yeah. yeah. He's looking on, on model. Yeah, Berserker looks bad to the bone. So the, I feel like his his Vanguard is the kind of like the... He just didn't get the handsome part. Yeah, no. his Vanguard's a little uglier. Bad uh, hair. Vanguard's got to be handsome in my eyes. Like, that's part of the character. He's got to be weird, but handsome. I mean, he's got said s- it before. some good facial expressions. Yeah, the facial expressions are good. Make he's just not handsome. Uh, so the plot of this is that, uh, as we saw in the last issue, there's a time travel program, and they sent one man to the future named Alex Kirk, but he disappeared, and so they sent a second one, Chrononaut, uh, Andrew Jensen to the future, uh, who we saw at the we saw both of them at the end of the last issue. So Jensen and Berserker have returned to the present, and Jensen dies pretty much as soon as he lands because of his injuries. So nobody knows what Berserker's deal is. So he starts getting into a fight again. Um, miscommunication as a result of this fight as well, which seems to be a running thing through all of these uh, issues, to be completely honest. Yeah, misunderstandings lead to brawls. Yeah, only the modem fight was, like, antagonistic-driven. But then Vanguard catches wind because, of course, Roxanne's there covering it, and he's watching her, so he comes down, he gets into a fight, so Berserker and... Oh, so for the second time, Vanguard fights a green guy with a mohawk. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so they get into a fist fight, but as the fight goes on, another Time Pod shows up, and uh, Alex Kirk shows up, 
apparently after the end of last issue, he went through and he redeveloped the technology and has come to the past, or rather, back to the present, uh, all cyberized and ready to kill Berserker. Apparently he's really interested in, like, silencing anybody who knows anything about him. Like, he wants to actually kill, like, the people in charge of the Chrono Program. Well, he's mad at him. Yeah, for getting stranded in in the future, I'm sure. But he also just wants to, like... Doesn't want anybody coming after him. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's what I. He wants to go it. back to the future and be be a king. But uh, although the ending's kind of weird on that, because at the very end, uh, the fight ends, but Kirk is like reunited with his family, and he seems well, actually broken up about it. Where are you guys getting the king thing? Because I could I kind of like thought that his whole deal was he was trying to just prevent this machine-ruled future. It's the Terminator plot. But he had all those goons who were cyberized. He had, he was, yeah. a, if he if he wasn't, like, a, a, like a bad guy, why was he, like, trying to stop trying the, to other guy, the other kill, guy? Trying to kill the I other think guy. I think we're fucking up on something here. Hold on. Let me, let me take this. You guys keep talking. I'm going to get to the bottom of this real quick. Because <laughs> the way I understood it is, he 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 wanted to silence uh, Jensen. Basically, he didn't want Jensen going back to the past uh, to tell them that uh, Kirk Kirk was there because he wanted to be lost in time. At least that was that was that was the impression I got. Because he like again he comes back and the first thing he says is or rather the first thing he does is he starts shooting innocent bystanders who get in the way damn you're right dude okay i'm an idiot i went back and i reread his dialogue and essentially uh yeah he's like oh he knew the truth so he's trying to kill the second cosmonaut because he's afraid he'll go back and narc him out right exactly wow okay I'm an idiot. Yep. Sorry, I totally bought the whole Terminator. Fu- the Terminator future threw me off so hard, to be honest. Like, when I read that thing where he, like, just basically says the plot of Terminator, I've been trapped in the future 300 years where sentient machines are trying to extinguish the human race. They send, they're going to send a cyborg killer back through time. I've come here to stop it. That threw me off so much. Yeah, that's him lying. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a total lie, but I just fucking, like, I was like, fuck, that's the plot of Terminator, what? So, okay, got it. Plus, he had silver hair in the last issue, and now he's blonde. Well, he's well. It's that's weird, because he is, like, six years older than when we last saw him, so you'd think yes. he'd be the other way around. This is where I think your multiple artist thing is shooting you in the foot a little bit. Yeah, but in this case, it's the same artist. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Well, then the colorist screwed up, okay? Because his hair was silver as hell in the last issue, and it is blonde as hell now. Mm. Yeah, and even in the little TV recap here, he looks like he has silver hair to me. Look at Alex Kirk in the TV screen thing. Yeah, He's got silver hair. What maybe, the hell? Maybe he's bleaching. <laughs> he's <laughs> from silver to blonde. There's a fuck up here. That's all I'm saying. No, I don't feel bad for feeling confused. I'm sorry. That's confusing. I can't disagree. It's not the smoothest. It's not the most straightforward of stories because there's a time travel element. Time travel's fine. But if you're going to have a guy look like a completely different dude. Right. And bring lies into the mix. Just if he had had silver hair. 
it honest to goodness wouldn't have been as bad. I think that was a coloring gaffe. What do their costumes look like? Is it the cosmonaut Ghost? costumes? Yeah, Ghost Rider's old costume, or uh, yeah, there's a bit of like that Dan Ketch Ghost Rider thing going on, or Star Lord. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It is that too? It's both. I do like that they're consistent. I mean, it lets you know that both of those guys are cosmonauts, so that's cool. Or yeah. chrononauts, that's yes. cool. I love the little uh, cameo of uh, the Night Watchman. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yep. You guys catch it. Night Watchman animated series. Very nice. Yeah. I like that Gary Carlson. Can I tell you guys something that's happening as we do these retro casts? Um, I'm getting more and more pulled into this, like, Gary Carlson verse. Yeah? Yeah. Like, little by little, I'm like, things that were, because I came at Dragon Weird in a weird piecemeal fashion. And so, for me, Vanguard and a lot of the stuff, Night Watchmen, was kind of piecemeal. And so, it kind of, it was there, but it didn't gel in weird and It didn't gel. And as we're reading these old issues together, like stuff's gelling so much better, and I love it. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love this universe that I'm discovering. Yeah. It's funny um, how much I feel like the early image guys, or even early like the artists of the '90s, were influenced by Dark Knight Returns with the TV screens everywhere. Big time, like, dude. I feel like it's such a trope of image '90s comics, like summarizing everything with TV screens. Well, TVs were a big deal, you know, for a time. Yeah. Actually, but when I they were feel squ- like you when, ever when, saw this before Frank Miller. When they were square, you could fit more of them on a on a on a on a page. Spawn yeah. went hard on this too. Yeah. Yeah. So this was in Spawn, like I I think you're right, Craig. It feels like it was lifted from Dark Knight. I yeah. I think well, that's true. It definitely, Dark Knight probably started the trend. I think the idea of using televisions this way was inevitable because of how ubiquitous television as a as a source of information became, especially in this time period. After yeah. early late eighties, early nineties is like the television era. It's cable television era, and I think that's what it's all kind of like feeding back into. Well, also right. too, Roxanne. I mean, within the context of Vanguard, Roxanne's She's a, a reporter. fucking reporter. So yeah, it makes well, nothing of sense. I was gonna say it's kind of a cool thing. Whereas other comics, you just have these random reporters that always show up, but they don't. You know them as the reporters, but they don't really play any other part in the story. This is kind of cool, where she can cross over from just being that kind of reporter tool to, to transfer information, and also be one of the main characters she's ugly superman's lowest lane yeah, yeah basically um otherwise uh this issue i don't think it has a backup so uh oh you didn't quite run the plot to its end didn't i you just said that he sees his wife and kids and he gets choked up about it uh, oh yeah no no you did yeah wife and kids gets choked up about it and they just let him go oh yeah that's weird i guess he got away with it because the guy that he lied on died i, I like wow. to th- i like to think he's still lying that it, basically he's gonna dump these people to the curve as soon as he can get his hands back on another time machine yeah no no one has any way of knowing he's bad exactly because the witness is dead and the other one was a monster from the future who went somewhere which, uh, if, based on recent Big Bang Adventure stories, he may still be bouncing around time at this point for forever. He's the only Berserker's the only one that knows that he's full of shit. Right. Exactly. Boy, that's crazy. 
Hmm. Can, can we talk about the action scenes, though? I mean, sure, again, whatever. Medina just... Uh, the term berserker, I mean, he really shows... It just fits the character. Yeah. You know, throughout even the backup and this, the way he just rips things apart. I mean, this is some of the best action the best drawn action scenes I feel like in the series mm-hmm. um, there's the one which really stands out to me the double page splash kind of but the tackle which is a, yeah that's a great page yeah that tackle's like that. really good yeah yeah I thought I feel like in this series you don't see much of any double page splashes so that one kind of stuck out to me I'll also say he didn't make Vanguard handsome, but as a trade-off, Vanguard gets many funny faces. Yeah. Like, many funny faces. Like, you can tell that Angel was having fun with Vanguard's expressions. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's a great artist. It, it, it looks good. My only issue is Vanguard's not as handsome as I think he should be. And I also think Roxanne looks a little too conservative or older i don't know older yeah it's it's not even i don't even mind her conservative reporter look she it's just old. weird when it switches up like that it's almost like if a pivotable a pivotable you like that word pivotable that's for you jim if a pivotable character suddenly changed his hair color after six years to look younger it might be a little confusing yeah i don't know just saying, I think the art thing, we're, we're really paying the price for it here and there. But all in all, it's cool. I like this issue. I think, again, as we're rating this, this is one of the stronger of the six. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys notice in the letters page, the, the beginning paragraph where Eric opens up about uh, Jack Kirby had just died? Oh, put it out there, man. Yeah, no, he writes like a couple paragraphs in the letters page that says, Jack Kirby died February 6, 94. I think, what's this one? This came out April 94, so it's just, he probably wrote this just after finding out. So he just goes on to praise Kirby and talk about how much of an influence he was. But I thought it's kind of cool to have that as kind of a, it's like a little milestone that you, you know where things are at this point. Yeah. That's why I, I love letters pages. Absolutely. Um when I was doing my, you know, catch up where I was gone for like 50 issues and I was just like, oh, and I was getting caught up. The letters page was an invaluable snapshot of where everyone was at that point in history. It's cool. Like a time capsule. So we talk about some of these ads. Well, we got the Savage Dragon sculpture. <laughs> this is a pretty classic you know looking you- one. You know him, you love him, you want to own one of them. <laughs> Claiborne Moore, nine inches tall, fully painted, limited edition, only one hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty dollars and nineteen ninety four dollars. Yeah, the thing that got me was that shipping was only six ninety five. Yeah. Wow. Hope that fits. I mean, you're shipping a statue. Yeah. Well, postage was a lot cheaper. You you, you don't really think about it, but you could mail letters way cheaper back then. Like, a, what was it, like a nickel? Oh, yeah. It was, it was at least that cheap for, a, for a, like, a letter. I mean, a postcard. No. If you're doing a postcard, I, 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 it was I, like a 10 cents? Yeah. 
stamps were cheap. Stamps were cheap. I mean, it, you, back then they were in you know cent amounts. These days they're all those forever stamps. You're paying like twenty bucks for a book of them. Mm. Send check or money order in U.S. funds too. It's funny. So no drachmas, no rubles, no email, credit card. Just mail something and hope you something comes and. And just allow six to eight weeks and pray that it comes. Pray that Finn doesn't break in transit. <laughs> Money orders, baby. That was that was what you had. So yeah, because yeah. because I keep hearing stories about people buying these on eBay and the, the Finn's showing up broken. I'm, I'm sure, sure, dude. Most people like don't pack shit right. I'm oh, I know it's it's horrible. You're like, come on, guys. Cyberforce is back. <laughs> I didn't even know they left. <laughs> How many and arms? An, oh, I guess it started as a mini. I forgot about it must that. have. It's an ongoing series brought to you by Image Comics. Okay. I got nothing else to say about Cyberforce. But we, mean, we said plenty. <laughs> well, we could talk about girth. Yeah, no. Excuse me. I think that says it best. He's very round. He makes you want to expel air from you. I'm going to say that I like girth. I, don't, I, don't, I know he's like stupid looking, but I just think he's fun. I think he looks cool, dude. He's stupid. Yeah. He's got that weird vest yeah. thing. It's like two straps. Is it a vest or is it like overalls? So here's what I liked about girth. So you have the blob from X-Men. And he's just uh, like portrayed as an oaf. He's like fucking oaf. Whereas Girth is clearly trying to be cool. He's got cyber legs. Yes. He's got those glasses that have, you know, nothing that goes behind the ear. They just kind of float. They're just on him. He's got two big guns on his back. He's too goddamn cool for, like, you know, uh, traditional glasses. He's got the hairy chest. Yes, dude. Yes. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, clearly choices were made and Girth is cool. Girth is trademark and copyright. Rob Liefeld. So I wonder if he still don't owns you dare him. Try to steal that idea. But then we get. Do a... you think that he still owns Girth? <laughs> I think he might still own the new men. So possibly. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. Uh, then we get an ad for the the uh, Caliper Press Berserker series issue number six, which mm. is always kind of cool to see non-image ads because you know yeah. you know this one's in here because it's Carlson's thing, right. So it's, it's also kind of cool to know there's a Berserker series going on right now. Right. Uh, just 1994. Yeah. <laughs> I like the little Berserker logo, like half bone and half like wrench type thing. Yep. Yep. It is different. If you're going to name your guy Berserker, you got to lean into it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Can we can we talk about this uh, back cover, the, the Pact versus Youngblood? Yeah. Uh. Did someone just like handwrite the verses in? It's so poorly done. <laughs> Hand, handwrite the what in? The verses. So this is the oh, the, ver- the verses. Young blood yeah. verses, and it looks like it's so shaky. <laughs> it's like something I would do. Nothing, I mean, another... do you think anyone was really excited for that? No, no one was because I was there at that time, and nobody was excited about the pact. I'm sorry, Jim Valentino, but nobody was excited about the pact. Agreed. The the shininess on the the jewels, his, his bejeweled cuff. Too what? too much. 
But uh, I'm I'm more concerned about how small Badrock looks. Yeah, he just seems way smaller than he's supposed to be. With his... have you guys seen the new young blood that he's basically making? No. Yeah, like Echo, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Echo. Echo ninety two supposed to Echo the ninety two, so it's just like all young blood, just like drawn slightly different. Yeah, like Shaft <laughs> is blue. And like the funny thing is, is Badrock, the Badrock character, has been Grimrocks, <laughs> and so it's like, I, it's cracking me up because like, it's great. It's like, all right, I don't own these guys anymore. Well, fuck that. See how and, easy this is. I did this once. I can do it again. <laughs> yeah, and then the funny thing is, is that, like he's done that his whole career, so nobody can even look at that and be like, hey man, he's just ripping off Youngblood. Like he's literally like. Do you remember when he was going to publish, like, the Purple Hulk? Yes, dude, Smash. What did he, was that the name, Smash? Smash was his name, and I was like, unbelievable. He was, he was exactly Hulk, you know, dude, he purple. Looked, <laughs> he was the infragable crunk. He looked, yes, he looked identical. If it was a black and white drawing of Smash, you wouldn't know that it was the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't. There would be no way to know, and it's yeah. it's fucking. It awesome. never came out though. I think like no. That one got it, that one got kiboshed. But yeah. I have seen that. Like, isn't doesn't hasn't Smash shown up in other things though? Uh, like, I, have, I, no I don't know, man. I think so. Because <laughs> I'm saying I've seen Smash in other things. Like he's in the background, standing around and shit. Like Smash never got his own thing, but I've seen him around. Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear the typing away. <laughs> I saw him at the one man. Go, Jim, go. No, that was for something else. Uh, Porn? No. Next issue. <laughs> oh, it's how it's how it gets us through this. <laughs> I always keep a tab open, you know. Gotta, so, can I just say? Oh, my God. Vin- I just Googled Smash. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, you like it's it? It's so good. It's so good. Dude, I'm telling it's you. It's like you know, Hulk Smash. So, of course, his name's Smash. And then the cover <laughs> is just like, it's just Hulk. Dude, that's that's what I'm saying is like Smash is literally so when I see like the new young blood and it's just dude and okay, so you so I know you're looking at it and listener, please Google this because it's too good. You see like Smash <laughs> and like the first image comes up is it goes, Matter Smash gets bigger Smash gets. No, so they said like I'm reading it and it's like Smash like basically, the comic is Smash versus the Fighting American, which right. is basically Captain America. Right. And they said it was left over from Heroes Reborn from a storyline he wasn't, he couldn't use. So he's just like, "Fuck it, I'll make my own comic," <laughs> and just color them different. It's so funny, dude. But like, look at the airbrushed. Like somebody really airbrushed the shit out of that Smash cover. You see the yeah. one I'm talking about, where like the cover's all like painted. The chain. Yeah, yeah. It's like all digitally painted and stuff. Yeah. It's funny, dude. Awesome. Amazing. Balls. The balls on that. The balls. <laughs> yeah, the the huge King Kong balls. <laughs> if he had the only way that Smash could be more balls is if he had green pants on instead of black. Like you see how he's got black pants? Cuz yeah. you know Hulk is green with purple pants. If Smash was purple with green pants, forget about it. That is the ultimate king dick maneuver. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Yeah, moving along. Let's let's wrap it up with so, Vanguard number six. Speaking of handsome Vanguard face, <laughs> I don't think you're Can very I... happy about this cover, Craig. Not at all. Not at all. Which is funny because it ran with the copy too goddamn perfect. 
Do you recall yeah. this black and white ad? Yes. Yeah, it was like all like the weird like no swear word scribble symbols. Yep. Right. Too goddamn perfect. Now I had of this totally wrong in my mind. I thought this was Bart Sears, and even the interiors. Well, I'll tell you why. Eddie you made Smith that. looks just like. Bart I'll tell you why that is, guys. Lay it on us. He inks Bart Sears. Well, there you go. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing he, about Andy Smith is that I know him primarily from his work at Cross Gen Comics in the early 2000s, where he did a number of issues of The First, which was kind of a New Gods sort of takeoff sort of thing. Sure. Uh, and he started inking Bart Sears on that series until about issue eight. And, and then it later, broke him. Hmm? It broke him. Whoever he was is gone, and only Bart Sears remains. Well, no, because then he would... Uh, by issue twenty five, he would he became the regular series artist. Oh, and he did, did he that. Draw like Bart Sears then. He drew very similar. To, well, he was drawing the series Bart Sears started, so I assume they kept him because he was very similar to Bart Sears. I'm saying, like, do you think that Andy looks in the mirror and sees Bart Sears? Like, <laughs> like this is like Bart Sears looking work is what I'm saying. It's crazy, right. dude. Yeah, I mean, probably. I, I I don't know. I don't speak for the man, but he's done. Like he all- meets women. He says, "Please call me Bart." And they're like, "What?" Well, he also he also <laughs> you know notable to us. He also drew the Mars Attacks Image series. Nice. Well, he also did um, Deadly Duos first. Oh, you're right. He did do that the the first uh, the first series, which was much better than the, the second, second series. Because yeah, I've seen that art in that. It's very <laughs> yeah, <unique. laughs> Jim could even contain his laughter when <laughs> he, he just laugh. said the second yeah. series. Uh, did you hear that? I, I don't. <laughs> I don't laugh on air very often, so you know. <laughs> he did laugh before he could even. He said, "Oh yeah,", yeah. it was like <laughs> <laughs> colorist. But uh, yes, I primarily know him from his cross-gen work because he did a number of fill-ins as well as a long uh, chunk of run on one of the books I was reading. Sure. But, uh, oh, he also, did he work on Demigod? Yeah, so his most recent thing was a series called uh, Demigod with uh, Ron Mars. It was kind of like a Hercules sort of thing. At so IDW. Andy's still active in the industry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still awesome. at it. Yes. Good, good. And I that, love and it that, when these dudes and, are still And that series ass. had covers by Bart Sears, so he's still working with Bart Sears in some capacity. I think two, they must have all come from the same studio. Two great tastes that taste great together. Bart Sears is an artist I like. He's very, yeah. very unique style. I know I sounded like I was teasing, but uh, to for real, like Andy's art is awesome. Bart Sears' art is awesome. And anybody that came up in the pre-internet era wizard magazines how to draw brutes and babes section i'm sure created a lot of comic artists and i can appreciate bart sears because he was one of those guys that had a very grounded in the fundamentals art style he's a guy that's like your anatomy you can exaggerate it but you gotta fucking know the real shit so that you can exaggerate it properly and yeah bart sears when you talk about chops, this man is like an entire factory of pork chops. That's how many chops. He's got chops for days. <laughs> like a fact. Imagine that there was an airplane imagine. full of karate martial artists and it just wrecked into a pork chop factory. That's how many chops you got when you're talking Bart Sears. Chops pork for chops days. and applesauce. Karate chops, pork chops, applesauce. There you go. Sorry, oh. I'm done, Jim. That's enough Bart Sears love. Well, at any rate, the one thing 
Uh, Smith can't do is draw Vanguard's face very well. He's got a very ugly wide face all issue. I'm going to yeah. criticize another moment, but I'll let you do the credits first. Well, oh, I'll that's say right. It's, Vanguard's face has been 50-50 the whole series, so it's not just uh, Andy Smith. I think it is kind of difficult to t- pull It's unfortunate off. this is also the date issue. Yeah, yeah. He's never looked uglier. And goddamn, <laughs> yeah, agree. And the issue is the issue where Roxanne says, "Oh, you're not that ugly to me anymore." Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So this was published uh, May '94. Again, co-creator Eric Larson, co-creator Gary Carlson, writer Andy Smith on pencils, or Randy Elliott on inks, Chris Eliopoulos letters, uh, color- colorists uh, Reuben Rude, Antonia <laughs> Cole, William Zindel, Abel Monton. Worthless sack of protoplasm, Josh Icorn. Dude, this it's been the same colorists for like <laughs> seventy five issues. <laughs> Jim still can't get the names down. What I like is you blew your wad on colorist. You said the perfect <laughs> colorist. I mean, you said color is perfect, and I was like, first time Dude, God, he's first gonna time. do it. He's and then you said room and room. Like, oh, you blew it. Abel Mountain. <laughs> Sorry. No, we love you, dude. We love you. <laughs> we we bust chops because we love you. Um, yeah, the ugliest vanguard that that ever was. And when can I just say, like, so we were talking before. Oh this no, recorded. he's not uglier than uh than the first issue. I agree. Okay, agree. For one, he's got a very handsome body. So this is like your sexy, put a bag over his head <laughs> vanguard, right? But, like, because, again, if you're talking Bart Sears, the anatomy is going to be on point every time. Yeah. But, uh, again. Well, we're his, talking Andy Smith. <laughs> Andy Smith, yeah. When you're when you're talking Andy Smith, the anatomy is going to be on point. <laughs> but, uh, goddamn, his face is hideous. And when Vanguard puts on the uh, former football player's clothes. Yeah. I just wanted to kill myself. I, you, I told you that. You didn't think that his, looked good? <laughs> well, no and there's a few like there's three of these issues that were just burned into my mind for some reason i read them over and over and over again and vanguard in the football player's outfit is honest to god one of the visuals i think of when i think of vanguard because i hate that goddamn outfit so not roxanne's stand- outfit <laughs> no dude roxanne's standing there looking like fly i think he did andy did good by roxanne but goddamn Van, Van could not have looked like a bigger dildo. He's well, so yeah. stupid. Don't looking. forget, it's 1994. That's people didn't look that bad in '94. He looks like a mafioso guy looks, or something. With he looks like oh, <laughs> Tony Soprano without yeah. like with a hat on. Turning, what happened to all his muscles? Wait, they're hidden by. It's folds. a giant baggy clothes yeah. of the '90s. Yeah, terrible. Simply terrible. Those those boots of his don't don't match either. I, all I can think is this was Roxanne's idea of a cruel joke. Yeah. He leaves the gloves and boots on. Yes. <laughs> he put them on over his suit. I was, oh, I wanted to fight this artist over the suit. Why did you put fame? I, I just hate the mammoth, like, Cro-Magnon, like, brow. Yeah, it's not good. It hurts Not me. his bat nose. Yeah, the nose is rough too because it's like skull. Yeah. It's just like if you chop the nose, Skele- it's like Skeletor from the like live action He Man. Yeah, like if it looks like Vanguard got his nose chopped off, it's rough, dude. It's like well, I said though, it's hard though because it kind of is like that in a way. 
but not really. I don't know. I, I do feel for him because I bet you it is kind of hard to, to nail. So the general gist of this story is that Vanguard's going on a date, not date with Roxanne. Uh, but as he comes to visit her, he runs into a, a bank robber flying in the sky on his way. But then they, <laughs> but then they disappear. So uh, Vanguard goes back off on his date. So we find out that there's this man who has a machine that if he sleeps in it, basically his dreams come true. In this case, becoming various supervillains for one hour, for one only one hour. And so as Vanguard's date night goes on, he. Uh, he discovers that the old man is both, also uh, not the old man, but another villain is attacking an art museum. So he intercepts, only to find out, yeah, it's the same guy, even though he looks completely different. Uh, they get into a tussle. Vanguard beats him, uh, and that's it. Really, this story is very straightforward. Villain's kind of cool. Villain's kind of cool, if a little goofy. I like the villain. I like the villain's concept. I think his. Alter egos are kind of neat. He's got a green thing going on, yeah. uh, both times, and the fact that the machine like makes his dreams come true, and he just robs banks—that's certainly a choice. Considering considering he's a butler and is already like look, appears affluent, yeah, he's, already he's just doing it out of boredom. Yeah, yeah. Pemberton, Pemberton. <laughs> yeah. is his butler. <laughs> I do think it's funny. Um, First, he straight again, up fucking get... murders people too. There's all the the panel where he's breaking into the jewelry store. He just fucking blows people away. So fuck that guy. Yeah, and then he's also a cock blocker because he tries to fucking like cock block Vanguard on his date by giving Roxanne fucking American. Uh, what's the name? American the Gothic. American Gothic. It's oh gas the most famous. It's like oh here hold this you beautiful woman you're so beautiful. I'm like this pales in comparison to your beauty. I'm like what a cock block. <laughs> Fucking old man. What are you gonna do? Like turn hot for one hour and nail <laughs> Roxanne? It's there's no future in that. What's this guy doing? He's just a pure dickhead. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't handle the page where like Vanguard and Roxanne are kissing. It's hideous. Well, Isn't it the most dope? And the, the side profile above the panel above the heart, it's like, ooh. Yeah. The, you mean a Vanguard. For the listener, there is a yeah. side profile of Vanguard and Roxanne as they're about to go in for the smooch. And Vanguard with his giant Cro-Magnon brow <laughs> and, and, non, and non-existent nose simply could not look more hideous. And as Jim yeah. said earlier, this sequence is about Vanguard feeling insecure about his looks. And she's like, no, you're, you're, uh, you're a great guy. You know, I was afraid. What's funny is you notice she never tells Vanguard he's not ugly. Right. She <laughs> well, goes, she, I she, was, af-. you're saying, it, go. She, just, she just says, I was afraid of you at first. Now I think you're a great guy and you do belong here with me. She never says, nah, man, you're hot. Look at that hot body on you. She she dodges the ugly thing the whole time. Their relationship is odd, but somewhat sweet. Why is, why is it odd? Because these they're aliens. I mean, do they even have genitals? Do they even have genitals? But but that's just like dragon. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I guess dragon does have a dick. You gotta assume. Here's the thing: Vanguard is like a male. He lusts after females. Like so, I'm saying like. 
and his body is like fucking based on archetypical like cliche male. Right. So I'm saying like you got to assume he's got a dingaling. He's got like so pr- and he lush schmeckle that, a schmeckle. He's got a schmeckle. <laughs> so you got Scott James Scott. <laughs> so you got to assume. That's all. But uh yeah, like um see you were saying Bart Sears and like all the scenes with the old man and his superhero forms all these like Greek god bodies. That's yeah. totally a Bart Sears thing. Big time, dude. So Google brutes and babes and you will see. But uh Bart Bart Sears brutes and babes, like big time. I do think it's funny that like even Pemberton and the old man as an old man still are kind of jacked looking. Right. <laughs> like, you can't help it. Can't turn it off. This um, so this is the final issue. Well, that's the thing about this issue is it is the final issue, but we get one more page after the letters page, an epilogue, right. if you will, of something crashing to Earth uh, on a farm in flames, which we won't find out about until years later when the Ninja Turtle series starts. So that's Rayburn. That's Rayburn returning to Earth. Yes, man. Superman, so, Superman metaphors all over this thing. Right, absolutely. Can we talk about the letters pages? Yeah, let's talk about what do you got. Well, I, I mean, obviously, there's a, there's this one huge page that's written by all by Eric discussing Vanguard and saying that it's coming to a close. Um, basically, saying what we've been saying all along: the rotating artists of. I'll actually just read it. It's easier. He says, Rotating artist's decision proved to be a bigger headache than I'd anticipated. Characters disappeared between issues. Characters changed radically between issues. It was getting ridiculous. Without an artist to establish a consistent look, everybody took it upon themselves to try and make the character their own. While I thought it was great to see all of the different interpretations of these characters, I felt it was too confusing for the average reader. And he just goes on to say how deadlines kept closing in and getting missed. And it wasn't fair to Gary and the readers. So they were saying that they're going to close this at issue six and then come back again with another series down the road. Uh, kind of like I feel like what a lot of Image Comics do today, which they'll, they'll come out with a set of comics. Sure. Take a hiatus and then come back. Um, but unfortunately, the regular series never came back as much as just one shots after this. and. I think there was one more mini, right? Strange Visitors. Uh, right? There's Strange Visitors mini, and then there's... Uh, no, Strange Visitors is... Strange Visitors is a mini. Um, Eternal Warriors is a one-shot. Ethereal Warriors. Ethereal Warriors, Warriors right? yeah. yeah. Also, I'm, not- I'm reading here, Eric like really throws that one colorist under the bus, doesn't he? Where's that? At the, at the bottom of the first... At the at the bottom of the first uh, column, uh, the colorist that I hired to color the book and whose work I liked previously turned in some truly unorthodox and unprofessional color coloring. <laughs> when I'd gone through three different color separators, all of whom complained about his work, I just I had it just about enough and gave him the boot. Dragon wearing red pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he has complained about that even like. There's a FinCast interview where we're talking about it. He's like, red pants? Like, I had to get rid of that yeah. guy. Yeah. 
It's funny. I, I think like on the, the next pages, it doesn't really say anything, but there's two um, pieces of art, and it almost you would confuse it for fan art because I don't think it says anything about it in the letters pages. Right. But it's actually the covers to the potential Vanguard 7 and 8, and we know this because there are copy ads for them. Uh, and Inside Image had that issue 7 which uh, was drawn by Jeff Johnson, um, which looks like it's almost like um, Lurch or some kind of Vanguard lookalike fighting him again. And then Image 8, that's the famous copy of the the pit hits the van. Yeah. Was the, the, the catchphrase. <laughs> and so uh, we were going to see that. And that was Kirk... Javanin, I guess, is the artist, and that looks pretty cool. That cover that looked like it would have been a, a, a decent one. So I don't know. It's it's uh, it's too bad that we never got to see that. So I guess they scrapped those and just went to those minis. I don't know why they scrapped the ideas for that, but they did. So overall, looking back, I like oh, Mike. Mike Rowingo uh, uh, picture uh, art too on the letters pages, which is oh, cool. go into Sorry. it. No, it's just uh, Mike Rowingo. Just says I don't know where it says it, but I don't know. But it is Ringo. Anyway, overall, I like Vanguard. Um, I hadn't really, like I said, there were some weird gaps in my memory on this, even though it turned out like I had apparently made it to issue six. For some reason, I like this four and five felt new, so I'm just going to call them new or whatever. But I, I really do like this six issue stretch. Um, obviously, it's flawed. You know, mm-hmm. the, the revolving artist thing, it didn't work. However, for an experiment, it's cool. I think it is kind of neat to see all these different like artists like approach their styles you know one guy's super 90s and rough the other guy's like you know classic then you got joe mad that's like anime inspired and uh, you know it's it's good I, I thought it was very cool or whatever i like the character vanguard a lot i like the concept of ugly superman i think there's a lot there i think like wally is an interesting character lurch is an interesting like mechanic like a plot device. I think mm. all of that is rock solid. I feel terrible for Vanguard, the character, because I feel like this miniseries deep sixed him. Like, I feel like had he had a different miniseries, he probably could have been as strong a presence as any early image character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, people think Youngblood and Spawn and you know, Savage Dragon and Shadowhawk and, you know, you think people still think like Cyber Force and, you know, stuff like that. I think people could have just as easily have thought Vanguard as well. I just don't think, I think with this miniseries I don't think it happened because of the inconsistencies visually. I see. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's the, for the same reasons people think of Super Patriot, you know, yeah. because of consistency in art and it's a shame too, because like like I said, Vanguard fucking kicks ass. Like I think he's fucking awesome. I would love to see a new Vanguard, like just a straight shot. Like let's give just a trade, 
skip the monthlies, go straight to trade. Uh, I'd love to see a new Vanguard series, but, uh, you know, we know the world we live in. Well, we we kind of got that um, as the backup serial, which Agreed. was some of the best Dragon comics at the time. Uh, Frank Fosco's Van and Gary Carlson and Frank Fosco did that Vanguard serial, multiple serials around, what was it, around the one... 40s or 50s? I can't remember. Yeah, right somewhere now. somewhere in there. Well, that was the Though one where I, Van's big invaders finally came to Earth, and that shit was fucking great. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's, you know, a lot of characters come back. We'll get to it eventually. Or did we already, we already did those? Uh, so we no. did them in real time. Did we? Yeah, oh, we were that mean, that means That those. means that would have been after 175. Yeah, we did that in real time. Okay. Because I remember, yeah. I was like, oh, dude. Because like, I was like, oh, shit, the aliens. Well, that, that, make, to fucking that, Earth. that makes sense. Because 175 was when the Krylons... Uh, no, wait, that might have been just after. I'm not sure we covered all of it. Maybe some of it. I remember that yeah. we did because the plot weaves in and out of the main story. Yeah, and at, at points I enjoyed the back story more than the main story, which has never happened. Right. I remember that. Part of that was the payoff of seeing these characters return. Mm-hmm. So characters all throughout this series return, all throughout some of the other Vanguard miniseries return. Um, you know, obviously they, you've seen them in Turtles and stuff like that too, like the Steth Watch guy. And so it, it was a great payoff, and it tied up a lot of this. And, and Vanguard's basically seems like it's almost ended. I yeah. mean, you don't see them anymore, and, and the story tied up. Um, yeah, I did hear that there's going to be a new, and I'm sure you guys saw that on the the fan page that there's going to be a new Vanguard story in one of the upcoming Megaton uh, Big Bang issues from Gary Carlson. Oh, good, that's awesome. That's awesome yeah, shit. So, Vanguard's um, in a weird place with in terms of as it relates to Savage Dragon because as Savage Dragon moves on forward in real time, Vanguard and Wally can consi- you know can remain. But, like, what about Roxanne, who's just a normal human? Like, you know, she's right. going to age up. So, you can't... Vanguard's, unfortunately, which, to me, Savage Dragon and Vanguard, they're, like, parallel. They run side by side. Like, I very much think Vanguard when I think Savage Dragon. Like, absolutely. Um, and so, But, unfortunately, like I said, I don't know how, you know, Gary feels about the real-time element. Because that puts Roxanne in a bad place. You know what I mean? So right. we'll see. We'll see. You can work some space magic. Yeah, just hit her with some cosmic radiation. I'll clear right up. Do the modem thing where they just like teleport her and rework her DNA. There you go. Bam. There Salt. you go, Gary. Salt. You can have it. <laughs> uh, there's one wow. more pin, there's one more pinup in this book on the second of last before the last the back cover. That's a McFarlane looking one, right? Yeah, I don't know who did it. I it's don't know. signed, but it's hard to like. You can't really from the signature. It looks like PO or PI. Yeah, I don't think it's credited in letters page, so it's hard to know who it was. But man, that is some McFarlane looking faces. <laughs> the only other ads are we get this uh, Mighty Man secret revealed for Free Four Six. Which can, yeah, that's a cool. Can ad. you believe it's that still hasn't been revealed in real time? 
yet. It's still a big <laughs> secret at this point. I mean, that's like Savage Dragon, like, 14, 15 at this point. I, I like that ad with the silhouette of the hands clashing together yeah. with the two cuffs. Um, can we talk about this extremely obscene uh, double page here? Oh, sure. Which is weird. Why do they call it extremely obscene? It's not from, like, extreme studios. Uh, it's also weird. Is this just by Eric? Because it's just about Eric's books. It just seems weird. It's like almost like his bullpen type thing. So he talks about the real face of Dung. There's a little ad there that shows uh, the DJ, uh, M. Dung, who's the inspiration for the character Dung, has a profile on Larson, who at this time is 31 years old, uh, which is cool when you see these credits because you see all these issues of his characters are out at this point. So Savage Dragon, Super Patriot, Freak Force, Vanguard, the upcoming deadly duo and star. It's pretty amazing to think that there was a time when all these issues were out at the same time. Yeah. Can you even imagine? <laughs> so six different Larson titles. Um, but yeah, talks about all, I love his like favorites. He talks about his favorite foods and, and artists. And it says despises having my effing name misspelled Josh Icorn wedgies, People who rip off my effing characters, <laughs> or whatever the. Oh, I, I wonder. I wonder who that's targeted at. That feels specific. I don't know. Um, and then he talks about the um, kind of the highbrow, which is not called highbrow yet at this point, but May releases Savage Dragon number ten. There's a lot of like weird swear kind of those weird. What do you even call that when? Dingbats. Yeah, ding, the dingbats. Yeah, dingbats is the official term. But uh, that's uh, the F in, But that's specific because Savage Dragon Ten is the Jimbo issue. Yeah, the effing dragon faces off against the winner of the create an effing character contest. The reader created character goes toe to toe against dragon. Another all out action issue. You bet your ass. <laughs> Freak Force Six. This is. Mighty Man's awe-inspiring origin, his shocking secret revealed, origin so startling, so controversial, it defies effing imagination, readers will be spontaneously combusting from coast to coast, blah, 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 all that, plus the origin of Rapture. Uh, I thought we already got the origin of her, but anyway. And lastly, Vanguard 6, <laughs> that's what we're reading right now. Enter the... Whatever, dingbat effing imagineer who dreams up a new effing trouble for everyone's favorite effing strange visitor from another planet. <laughs> the imagineer. Okay. So, and then what's up with this back cover? Well, Axis Comics was the ones who published, um, remember we did the, uh, in the guest spot issues, it was, uh, oh, what was that comic called? spot darn it i lost my lost my thoughts it was a one of the one of the berserker no not berserker remember during the guest appearance episode we uh did that one comic that had that all african-american team oh um oh tribe i think tribe Tribe was published by axis oh okay so for whatever reason axis is being uh because this is this is an ad for an axis comics comic uh so, looking for a super team that's just a wee bit different? Look no further, bucko. Stitch, Captain Gory, Reptilicus, She-Creature, the Dark Agents. 
Don't miss their killer premiere in Axis Omega coming soon. Oh, I see. so Kirk, that Kirk Jarvanen was supposed to do, and Gary Carlson's writing it. Oh, yes, that explains why it's here then. And Kirk Jarvanen was going to draw issue 8 of Vanguard if it came out. I see. So this was a style, because it's pretty good, like, animated style. Yeah, it looks like almost like uh, Bruce Timm in a way. Very much so. Ooh, Bruce Timm Vanguard. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. All right, well, that wraps, that wraps up, up, uh, up Vanguard 6. Yeah, that's Vanguard. We did it. I, want, I, I gave so, my thoughts. I want to hear your guys' yeah, thoughts. Yeah. I th- you go, I think it is a fine series, but I think it lacks a certain something to really get your teeth into it. Every issue feels like a like a, there's a, is like a done in one every issue. It, the I, I just feel there's no real like hooks to keep me reading. Vanguard's design doesn't really set my world on fire. He's just a beefy dude who punches things, and I mean I only got room in my heart for one of those. Uh <laughs> And it's just, it just, there just doesn't seem to be a lot going on except for the the action stuff. And I'll be honest, that isn't enough for me to keep to keep reading it. So if I was buying this in 1994, I would not have continued much past this point, likely. Fair. But, but some of the artists, you know, were pretty good, so I'd be more likely to check them out on their projects. So I'll tell you that much. You know, Carlson's good, so. I probably would have checked out other works by him, just not Vanguard. Fair, sure enough. I think um, it's hard to judge it now because we know so much about the Vanguard character and had so many appearances in Savage Dragon um, that I really love the character, but if this was my first exposure to him... I wouldn't have liked it. And I know for a fact I did not really like this series when it came out. I hated the art to issue one. I I was a huge Larson fanboy. This looked nothing like Eric Larson's art. I just was not a fan. Um I I just it didn't really pull me in. The other issues were okay at the time. I look back on it now, I feel like it's much the same. Like there's it's hit and miss all throughout. Um, there was nothing story wise that like you guys both said that just like wowed me over. Um, again, my favorite issue is that, that Jason Pearson issue. I feel like if it was six issues of that, Mm -hmm. I felt like that really hit it for me. Like all the Johnny Lee Rayborn stuff on the end was weird. And the stuff that tied in with Savage Dragon with those two cops and, I don't know. The art was great. I really liked that. I just, that was the high point of the series for me. And it just, uh, it's not that great. I think Freak Force is a better book. Yeah. Um, I think Gary, when he comes back with Frank Fosco and does that serial, uh, I even think maybe some of the mini series, I have to reread it or the one shots work better. But, uh, I feel like I really fell in love with Vanguard more with those serials in the back of Savage Dragon later on. Agreed. Yep. Completely agree. I feel like um, with uh, you know with Vanguard, uh, you're absolutely right. I remember not like I like I read the shit out of these, but I remember thinking I was like you know this is not as cool as like Savage Dragon. 
Like you yeah. get to think like Savage Dragon was a bloody book. Yeah. And like like largely Vanguard is bloodless. I mean there's some blood, but it's never like really anything that like you know, like Dragon was like fucking passing out in a big pool of blood. Yeah, there's you definitely know, more fucking... of a classic superhero quality to this versus Dragon, which tries to put the modern spin on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's just like this you got this series that like um it's kind of like everything is just uh it's it's enough it, it's enough to have like done in one stories like uh but then to also pair it with like just different radically different artists and stuff yeah, yeah. so i just I, I remember at that age too and probably still now i don't know how i feel about it now to be honest but i never liked when you got too many different artists i liked getting in a groove with an artist i don't think anything pissed me off more than like a fill-in issue because back then you didn't have the internet either so you didn't really know oh yeah and you'd be going you know all right six issues eric larson on spider-man or something all of a sudden fuck mark bagley like i didn't sign up for this shit (laughs) like oh whatever it was you know what i mean like you'd be used to one guy and all of a sudden he's off and you you wouldn't know if he was off for good or if he was just gonna take a break and come back after an issue but it would be like man that's my guy like i don't and it would take you a while to like get used to the new interpretation you know yeah. what i mean you would almost cringe at it at first and sometimes with over time you'd be like wait i like this guy better you know i it always like even with invincible like that's probably the most recent one i can think of where i was like fuck Cory Walker is off Invincible, like, and then who's this guy is trying to ape Cory Walker? Like, eh, I'm not into this. Like, I don't know if I'm going to last <laughs> long with this. And then you end up liking the guy better, you know? And it's like, I never thought I would like Otley better. And it's funny you should um, mention that because, like, when Otley went to Spider-Man, they didn't really announce he was only going to be doing six issues a year. Yeah, they were, that burned me. Oh, and it burned so many people, dude. People were like, oh, my God, you're only doing six issues a year? And he was like, oh, you know, all kinds of people – you know, like nobody can keep a monthly schedule. You know, look around the industry, and I was just like, "God damn, though, dude!" Like, nobody wants. I just did it with Invincible. Too. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants like six issues of you, and then six issues of who the fuck ever they can just get off of, like whatever. You know, yeah. <laughs> like they're there yeah. for so you. So never mind, like six issues each with a different team. It's just not good. Different colorists, different inkers, different pencilists. Yeah, you know, penciler. Um. It's just that kills it. It could be the best artist too, but it just throws you so out of it. And that's what's funny is like you get six issues. I would say like four of these artists are absolutely phenomenal, and then uh, of the the fifth and the sixth, only the very first artist is what I would call bad. Like he's just that that very first like yeah. Vanguard issue, I think you would show that to anyone and it would turn them off. But well, uh, yeah, I'm just saying it was mostly good. Like, and it still didn't yeah. work. Like you had mostly good artists and it still didn't work. I, I'm still perplexed. Like we talked about last FinCast, like why you start Tom Coker on the first issue when you have that level of talent. Yeah. And uh, not to say that the guy doesn't have ability. It's just, you're starting off with issue one like that. Like, come on. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just, it's strange to me. Same thing with the, the issue zero and Savage, right? And that's, that's what you want people to first be introduced to. I remember reading that issue zero and being like, this is not for me. 
Yeah. I bought it anyway because it was Larson and it tied into Savage Dragon. That's the reason why I bought it. Um, who would have guessed that Vanguard would have become one of my favorite characters? Yeah, agreed. Not after that first. <laughs> it was, honest to goodness, like, I had to learn to love, like, because, again, I came to Dragon in a very weird way. You know, I've said it a million times, buying the back issues to catch up or whatever else. So I had this bizarre, but I would skip Vanguard backups. Like, I would read the main issue, and then I would see a Vanguard, and I'd be like, eh, and just skip it. And then, yeah. like, I had to learn, like, eventually, you know, you're reading this shit over and over and over again. You just, like, you come to just realizing, like, oh, you know, Vanguard is cool. Like, I need to give this a chance. And then I realized I was stupid, and I did need to give it a chance. But I'm saying, like, I, I was there for Vanguard's first miniseries, and it's because it wasn't awesome. It didn't, it didn't really light me on fire. It's kind of, so, yeah, it's a bummer. I still think, like, so past me wouldn't have really, like, this wouldn't have really lit their fire. Modern me, I've got a weird kind of nostalgia for this. Yeah, I I agree. I think knowing who Vanguard becomes and knowing the character's importance, it makes... Oh, absolutely. It carries it a lot. Like, I can enjoy this more than I would. Yeah, you can look past the the some of the art and stuff like that for the story right um the, the, the on the opposite end though maybe dragon's fin wouldn't have bothered me so much back in the day because <laughs> it wasn't really established yeah. but now seeing these great artists just destroy dragon's fin it really hurts me it's rough dude yeah the joe mad fan <laughs> yeah and the the that and uh the rick leonardi one yeah. Oh, yeah. The Joe Madfin's just, like, tiny. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost Paul Dragon. It's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> micro-fin, bro. I, I, will have, I will say I appreciate that Joe Mad drew uh, Dragon height-appropriate. Yeah. But um, that's it. <laughs> so, yep, yep. And it's funny because he's, like, fucking still super jacked. Like, Dragon looks, like, jacked as a motherfucker, but just Vanguard's just way more jacked. Right, uh, and that's the way Eric draws him in the regular comic. Like Vanguard's a beast, six six. Yeah, and he kind of just hunches over. It's kind of funny. Wowzers! Well, fellas, I mean, yeah. hey, we did it. So, uh, yeah, if you want to leave us a message, comments about Vanguard, uh, email us at savagefincast at gmail dot com. We're always looking for questions, comments, suggestions. You can also find us on savagefincast dot com, where we host our podcast and you can leave comments or you can find us on the eric larson savage dragon fan group on facebook where we usually hang out talking about dragon and youtube right i mean we're kind of on youtube i'm still sort of half-assing <laughs> it but this episode should be up on youtube but yes we are we do have a youtube channel search savage fincast you should find it well thank you fellas thank you listeners thank you craig thank you jim um I'd like to thank uh, Gary, uh, Frank, Jason Pearson, Joe Mad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just, Jesus. I'd like to thank my executive director. <laughs> just, go, just go through all of them. Producer, <laughs> my agent. Uh, Ruben Rude, Josh Icorn, Rick Leonardi. Mm. <laughs> I'm done. No more. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.